0: Well, hello, welcome to the show, this is Aristotle Full Throttle, Aristotle Full Throttle, this is the show you're watching, and thankfully, uh, you know, we're all here, the gang's all here, it's Aristotle Full Throttle, every day at 4pm Pacific Standard Time, we hang out, we chat, we talk about movies, we talk about TV shows, we talk about music, we talk about anything that's popular, popular culture and whatnot, etc. Here's the funny thing, I just saw this on Twitter, I just saw the tweet, Andrew Garfield is taking a break from acting. Everybody. Hey, everybody. Andrew Garfield is taking a break from acting. You know what, Andrew Garfield? So am I. I'm taking a break from acting. It just happens to be unintentional. I don't want to have a break from acting, but uh, it turns out uh, I'm just taking a break taking a break you know i was recently on uh, some tv shows and some commercials you know and uh you know a lot of my friends and family they they comment on my social media i can't wait to see what's next i can't wait to see what you do next and i say you know what me neither i can't wait to see what's next too because that's how hollywood is hollywood is a fickle pickle i'm just saying uh adrian garfield you enjoy your break from acting <laughs> hopefully them spider-man roles will open up for me Look, I'm not bitter, I'm just saying I'm just saying Andrew Garfield, enjoy your little break also Avatar two anybody, anyone out there? Avatar Two looked like it took a break from being uh you know kid like wanted. <laughs> Nobody wanted Avatar, too. Nobody even wanted Avatar. Although I do have a story about Avatar. When I was uh, working at a day job one time, I was working in a day job. You have to work on a day job every now and then. Some people have to work a day job. And you know what I say to that? I'd rather walk a plank. It's that, but I was working on this day job, right? And I was an office, and my friend Lee was there. And, uh, and, and you were there, and you were there, and Bobby was there. Everybody was there. And I was walking out of the office one time, and Avatar was about to come out. And it was a James Cameron movie. And James Cameron's last feature film that he had directed before that was, uh, you know, his actual narrative feature film. Titanic, right? Titanic came out. Biggest movie in the history of movies. You know, and it happened to be called Titanic, which was appropriate. Coincidentally. And then... um uh, before Avatar came out, everybody's like, what is this Blue Aliens stuff? It's a bunch of Blue Aliens. How do I even know? What do I even care? The, it, this, like, who is Sam Jai Worthington? Who is this guy? I don't know. He's the average white guy, but we're going to put him in a movie because his name is his He's average white dude. You know, he's he's Jai Courtney, Sam Worthington something. And, just, and people are like, okay, Zoe Saldana, she's pretty cool, but... What are these tall, thin blue aliens? What is this about, James Cameron? What are you going to try to make us watch, right? And I'm leaving the office, and uh, my friend says to me, what do you think about this new Avatar movie that's coming out? And I said to myself, and out loud to him, I said, I don't know. Not, I can't get my head around it. I can't figure it out from the previews. But you know what? Watch it be the biggest movie ever. And I said that flippantly. I just said it. I just threw it out. There. I was like, you know what? And I'm not joking. I'm not even joking. I'm not lying. Like, I was walking out of the office, And Lee says to me, what do you think of this Avatar movie? I said, you know what, it's James Cameron. I can't figure it out. Watch it be the biggest movie ever, though. What do I know? You fast forward a month later, two months later. Biggest movie ever. Toppling the previous biggest movie ever, which was Spider-Man 2, I think. Or (laughs) Spider-Man. It might have been one of those. But before that was Titanic. So James Cameron dethroned himself. And I found out... Fascinating. So, Avatar 2. Do you care? What do you think? Are you excited for Avatar 2? Let me know. Send, a, send me a comment. Send me a thing. Like this video. Share this video. Tell your friends. I'm ranting. I'm having a good time. It's fun over here. We talk. We have discussions about these kinds of things. Do you even care about Avatar? Not me. Uh, well, I might. When I watched Avatar in the movie theater, I almost got sick. Put on the glasses. It was the first, like, 3D immersive movie, like, one of the bigger popular ones, you know. And I remember I was walking through the, the unobtainium fields. And we were floating through these floating islands of unobtainium, you know, because it's so hard to get. And James Cameron's got a, a mind for the abstract. So uh he, he, <laughs> I'm watching the movie. I almost threw up on my pants. I was like, oh, I'm nauseous. This is woozy. I'm woozy right now. So, can't wait to throw up at Avatar 2. If you are excited about Avatar 2, let me know. Let me know. Tweet at me. Um, But yeah, Andrew Garfield taking a break. You take that break, Andrew Garfield. You just relax, okay? You know what? Andrew, we're going to miss you. Andrew Garfield, you're taking a break from acting. Okay? Good for you. Good for you for taking a break. All this acting. All this acting has got me... So tired, I need to take a break. I was talking to my friend Brian Thompson. He's a, he's a very... You, you He's very recognizable. I don't know if he's very famous, but he's very recognizable. If you saw him, you'd be like, I know that guy. Brian Thompson, he's an actor friend of mine. He's been active for 40 years. Speaking of James Cameron, he was in the movie The Terminator. The first movie, The Terminator, in 1984. He was killed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's the first person to get murdered by The Terminator. He says, wash day tomorrow, nothing clean, right? That's him. That's my friend Brian Thompson. I was talking to him, and he said, you know what? You can't wrap yourself around the concept of being a working actor. You have to have your life. You have to have your thing. You have to have your own podcast five days a week, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, called Aristotle Full Throttle. Please tune in and uh, pledge it on Patreon. Subscribe on Twitter. He said you got to do all that, because when you do that, then your mind is on that. And then when you get called for work, you go to work, and you're like, oh, I'm an actor. This is great. I like acting, too. This is one of the things I do. And when you're there, you're supposed to be there. judella IT, welcome to the show. It'll probably be a fun movie to watch, but it's not really on my radar. I remember having a hard time with the 3D glasses because they didn't fit well over my regular glasses. The goggles, they do nothing. You know, I find it duh, Ridiculous that movie because i watched the movie i was like oh yes last of the blue mohicans uh dances with blue aliens that's that's all that movie is it's just like so predictable it's so classic story it's the exact same story of those movies smashed together it's white savior movie or blue savior depending on how colorblind you are but welcome to the show judy i'm, I'm trying to play your intro here i'm um, uh intros the intro's standing me up. Here, let me open Dropbox. Let me see if that works. Oh, you know what's not working? This this is what I need to do. Winning, we'll I no yes, I gotta stop it there because I feel like I'm going to get a copyright claim. But who cares? If you listen to this on Spotify, I get a penny. And I appreciate that, Penny. Hey, Judy, do you want to hear something ridiculous? I was just on the phone with the car insurance. Because you know what? I have a knack, as Ollie says, for picking people on the phone to fight with. <sighs> I was so mad. I was so angry. And I'll tell you the email I had to send them. Let me tell you why. I, last year, in August, if you've been following the show, I got rear-ended. My car got totaled. I was in like Palm Springs. Car just came out of no... Well, I was just sitting there... In traffic, smash whole back end of my car smashed up. That was the beginning of the end for me last year. It was all downhill from from that moment on, for me. Uh, just for many reasons, it's been it's been uh, I've been turning it around. I've been turning that ship around a little bit here and there, but it's still taking on water. But I would have to say that uh, I was frustrated. You know why I was frustrated? Because the person who re me was totally at fault, and their insurance company called Dairyland, terrible insurance company, avoided at all costs. They didn't cover anything. They didn't want to do anything. They didn't want to compensate me. They fought me every step of the way. And then my company, Geico, was just like, hey, it's money here you go. Here's some money. You're fine. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. I'll go with my company. And then they said, we're going to charge you $1,000 out of the the payout, but we'll pay you that back again. So I said, okay, cool. But this is what happened. Dairyland, the other guy's insurance, sent me a check for $4,307.71. And I just deposited it, because I'm stupid. I said, I'll just put that in my bank. They sent me a check for money, and then I guess I'll get more money later. No. What happened was, I deposited that into my account, and it cleared. So I have now... $4,307.71 richer. That's how much more money I have in my bank account now after that. But what happened was, Geico said, well, well, in order for us to pay you, you have to send that money back to the other insurance, and then we're going to pay you. Right? Is this, Will, you're going to love this story. So my company, Geico, says, we're going to pay you, you know, Fourteen thousand dollars, which was pretty sweet, because you know the car market sucks, and cars are worth way more than <laughs> that car. Was, <laughs> that's almost what I paid for that car, which was pretty sweet in the sense that uh, I got pr- well compensated for my car. And you know sometimes they try to screw you over, and so now I get an email two days ago. Yeah, two days ago I get an email from <laughs> my insurance and the other insurance going Oh, yeah, Dairyland, the crappy insurance, the most inept- com- insurance company I've ever dealt with. They were so frustrating to deal with. They said, "You owe them four thousand three hundred and seven dollars and seventy one cents and I said, "No, I don't. I sent them that money. I sent a bit that money and then they and they were like, "Well, it says right here you owe them that money." I was like, "Nope, and I was just went into my bank account just now showed them I took a screenshot of the the check number. It's that it's cleared. It says cleared. The check number, it cleared on which date? September 3rd last year. Yet they're claiming that I owe them this money. And I was like, you guys, I don't owe you this money. And I called them and I called them and I said, you guys need to just get out of, get out of my hair. And I know I have a lot of it and you might get tangled up in it, but you need to get lost. <laughs> Because I'm done with you. I'm through with you. I've never had to deal with anything more worse than you guys. So I actually wrote them this email. I took a screenshot of all the records of the things. And I wrote them this very specific email. Dear Dopey Dairyland. I liked the alliteration. I said, Dear Dopey Dairyland. I sent you this payment already. The payment has cleared. Screenshot attached. Note that for your records and get out of my life. I can't wait to never talk to you guys again. Your utter ineptitude is astounding. Sincerely, Aristotle Dreyer. If you're just tuning in, this is Aristotle Full Throttle Show. Welcome. You just got you just got full throttled. <laughs> Am I right, Will? I'll tell you. I almost wanted to have that conversation on the air. You got the touch. Is this Will? You got the power. I got to say, though, I got to say, I I can't. uh, Welcome, Will, first of all. (laughs) Can you believe that? Can you guys believe that that what I'm dealing with with those people? And, like, they wouldn't even pay for my rental car for more than two weeks. They're like, you need to return the car today. And I was like, I'm at work. They're like, you need to return it by five. And I'm like, I work until eight. (laughs) And they were like, you need to return the car. We're going to start charging. This is the other insurance company. Uh, Yeah, I served them up uh, a fresh plate of of stottle sauce is what uh i've branded it i'm still working on it okay i'm still working on the brand name but uh you know they got they got hot sauced they got full throttled uh but i gotta say boy oh boy why 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 are these people so in it's it's just it's their job that's their job which they're not doing, you know. I don't, and and I would I would not be so flabbergasted, were it not for the amount of annoyances that I've had to. If you guys go back through the shows and watch me deal with this company, you would just be like laughing your ass off because I'm like, guys, you guys don't know what the hell's going on, do you? <laughs> this is money that I sent you. That there's a rec, there's a paper trail of that you cleared. I had to wait three weeks for them to finally acknowledge that they got the check before I could get paid out by my insurance company. I had to wait, and every, and I kept calling them, and my insurance company kept calling them. And then finally, when it cleared after three weeks, I got the money pay, uh, payout from Geico. Within minutes, they just sent me it into my bank account. They just put the money into to my pocket. They said, here's the money. And then uh, the other company said the other company had to have acknowledged that they received the payment in order for me to receive payment from my insurance company. You guys are thoroughly um, informed about this by now. So anyway, you guys interested in uh, Avatar 2? Why? I mean, why? I mean, why? Let us know why. You care about these blue aliens and these four more sequels? James Cameron's pretty good. He's entertaining, but... What's he gonna do that's so revolutionary with four more blue aliens? This is gonna be his legacy, you know that? His legacy is gonna be this the blue aliens movies. It's not gonna be Titanic, it's not gonna be Terminator movies. He's gonna go out on blue aliens. Alright. And hexapods and whatnot. Aliens that uh that braid their hair together, you know. So, yeah, life is interesting right now. I'm going to go back to New York. I was going to go to Scotland. I'm not anymore. I'm not going to Scotland anymore. I was going to go, but I canceled it cuz of developing new developments in the the health situation going on back east with my family. So, I am going back to support my family and hang out with my family in solidarity and do whatever I could do to help and ease the situation. The the, str- the stress of the situation, except something underwater. Chiroptera says not interested in Avatar two because it wrapped up so. It'll probably be a repeat of the first. That's true. You never know where to go with the story once a story feels complete. You know, but that's the brilliance of writing though. When you're you have good writing, good writing can change anything. To to elaborate on that, I was listening to. Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man. (laughs) It took me a minute. I was listening to him talk about how he loves when the Marvel movies write themselves into a corner. Because the writers are so good, they start writing up the walls and on the ceiling. So, good writing can save anything. Good writing can save anything. anything. You know, like, you gotta get me invested. This is why um, Better Call Saul is good. Because you're like... I'm going to care about the lawyer from Breaking Bad? After the first couple episodes, you're like, I care about the lawyer from Breaking Bad. <laughs> they made me do it. They put me in. Coach, I'm ready to play today. If says accept something out of water. Yeah, they should just drown the whole series, I think. Is this Will, says, Not interested in all, but I wasn't moved by the original. Oh, no, sorry to hear the health issues. Yeah, Thank you, Will. I will be continuing the show out east. Just now that I've got the show running smoothly here, I'll have to start all over again. Thank you. Um, I'll give you updates as they develop. It's scary, you know? It's scary. Because you start to think about stuff, and you start to think about life, and you start to think like, oh, okay, you know, spend the time with the people that you care about the most. That's what it's really about. It's not about how many Nintendo games you have. Maybe a little bit. Maybe it's like one, one, seven. Like, maybe that's like 3%. But the rest is mostly is uh, how good the uh, sauce is on this, on the pasta. But the pasta itself is also really important. You need to get so like semolino, semolina, flour. Go with me on this analogy. You need all the kind of pasta, all the good fresh pasta with good sauce, <laughs> Don't go get that uh, uh, SpaghettiOs stuff. There's a reason they say, "Uh uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Because they're like, "Uh uh-oh. You're going to have to eat this now. SpaghettiOs is terrible. If you grew up in New York or on Long Island, and you ate real Italian food growing up, and you're just used to what Italian food is supposed to taste like, and then you eat SpaghettiOs, you go, what is this half-fructose corn syrup garbage? What is this mush? What is this gruel... That's not the kind of life I want to lead. I want to lead uh, a tortelloni, a vodka with uh, spinach and cheese. Caroptera says the meaning of the first avatar was lost on people. It was supposed to inspire folks to pressure corporations to be more environmentally accountable, but we can... Be we, we are right back in the place of apathy as usual. Hopefully, Kareptura. Here's the thing I do like about James Cameron. He does really care about the earth. He does his a low, I think he's like a plant-based diet guy now. and I, I'm pretty plant-based except for, you know, when I'm not. And I do like, I don't eat meat. I don't eat any flesh as it were. But I do eat eggs. Come on now. I would like to say that eggs are nature's protein pack. I'm for them. They just kind of lay around. They're not going to do anything. Just make sure that those chickens just left an egg for you. Just walk around, and the chicken's just like, here's an egg for you. You can have it. I'm not going to do anything. I'll sit on it, but nothing's going to happen. And after, like, a couple weeks, I'm going to eat it, that chicken says. No one eats this. I'm having it. You need that egg? Isis Will says, all canned pasta in sauce is disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Judella 19 occurs. Uh, I can't even smell it. Can't even smell it. Speaking of getting sick, that is that would make me sick. Um, one of my favorite publishing company names is... There's two. I think it's uh Kim Thale and Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. And when you're a songwriter, you usually have to name your publishing company something interesting. For instance, George Harrison's song was... George Harrison's publishing company for his songs was so called Northern Songs. So whenever you saw... Actually, that was Leonard McCartney. Those are called Northern Songs, I think. Because then George Harrison wrote, it's only a Northern Song, making fun of Leonard McCartney. But that's irrelevant. Thale, Kim Thale, was You Make Me Sick, I Make Music. That's the name of his publishing company. So whenever you see a song written by him, it's You Make Me Sick, I Make Music. and And Chris Cornell's company, and it's. I might reverse these. I might have these reversed. These guys are from Soundgarden. Yes, you make me sick. I make music. And Chris Cornell's was in one ear, out your mother. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, I love it. Yes, you make me sick. I make music. See, Will is on top of it. Will's read all the liner notes. I read as well growing up. <laughs> Chiropter says you going to eat some chickens and raise them for eggs. I d- I used to have chickens. Yes, and I used to eat their eggs for breakfast. And I used to take an orange off the tree and a zucchini from the garden and fry them up together. It was des- delicious. Stress-free eggs from chickens in a little special house. Yeah, I mean, I would I'd probably have about five or six chickens and just eat their eggs. Except the late, great Louis C.K. Um, the late, great Louis C.K. We say, rest in peace, Louis C.K. after, you know, probably pre-2015. Um he said this, and it's very true, because I have had chickens. He said this joke, which is a very true... It rings true to me. Every chicken death is murder. Chickens just don't die of natural causes. Every chicken death is murder, and this is... This is a sad fact of life. Chickens are the... You know how there's, like, the apex predator? There's, like, the the, the lopex prey. <laughs> There's like the, the utter, there has to be balance in the universe. You've got the apex predator, the lion, the human, the, the bobcat, I don't know, the shark, right? The bear. You've these apex predators. And then you've, every for everything, there's got to be an equal and opposite. And a chicken is the opposite of that. There needs to be balance. <laughs> they, just, they, they, they try to get murdered in order to restore balance to the galaxy. Yeah. And they do. They succeed every time. They will never just go, oh, I'm dead. They're like, how do I find something to eat me? It's very sad, but true. Like uh, Metallica would sing. You make me sick, I make music. In one ear, out your mother. It's, incredible. it's uh, an incredible thing to call your publishing company. Mine was um, like soup sandwich or something stupid. I don't know. Something stupid. You can count on it being stupid. Hey, guys, what do you think for this? What do you think about this for a band name? <clears throat> Maybe I should go anonymous with this band name. I'll write it in. No, I won't tell you. I don't know if it's on brand. Well, I think it's hilarious. Corruptor, you know what I'm talking about. You know which band name I'm talking about. Um, Primary consumer. Yeah. You know, there's a lot going on in the world today. And I like to talk about it with you, and I appreciate you guys listening, and I appreciate you guys uh, contributing your thoughts to the situation, and that way we can all put our, our brains' uh, ideas into a thought soup, and then can it and sell it as Chef Boyardee. I do think that the, four, the next four Avatar movies will never be as good as the first one, and the first one wasn't even good. I think everybody saw the first Avatar movie because they were like, I'm curious. What is this? What is this movie? And then everybody saw it out of curiosity. Nobody was like, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. They were just like, what is this stuff? I put a- a goggles on? How do I? Everybody was like a 90-year-old New York man. What am I doing here? What, what do I put in glasses? How does this work? Get out of here. Um... I don't know. It's like, did anybody? Yeah, nobody cared. I feel like that's a universal reaction. It's just, nobody cares about Avatar. (laughs) We all saw it. It looked cool. Now we got to sit through the formula. Well, I'm going to go see him. Probably. I have to. It's my job. What else is going on? What else is going on in the world? You know, I'm going to be in New York indefinitely, like I said. It's, uh, you know, probably a few weeks, a couple weeks, three days, an hour. Isis Will says, I was going to call our label. It's not borrowing if you don't give back my records. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. It's not borrowing if you don't give back my records. You should never lend anything out and expect it to be returned. That's something. That's a lesson. Never lend anything that you expect in ret- to be returned. Um, I just said that the other day, because in cultures, there's, there's this thing in cultures where you say, hey, that's a cool shirt. And then people go, oh, here you go. Here's my shirt now. You have my shirt because you said you liked my shirt. Now it's yours. Like that is a very, that's like a, it's a cultural thing. That's, it, if you go into someone's house and they're like, oh, this is a cool painting. They're like, okay, it's yours now. I know that that sounds like a myth, but it's actually really not. <laughs> Some people feel obligated to give you the thing that you say that they like. Look, I have a circle on my arm. That's my new tattoo. Carapterus says it is one of my favorite movies in the category of world building. The environments, creatures, and mechanics of the world were amazing. Okay, well, you know, t- tell us more about your love for Avatar. It looks cool. Every single species of plant in that movie was categorized. Every animal was categorized. They based them on a different tree of evolution thinking, hey, instead of having um, four limbs, like the basic body prototype, the basic blueprint for the the animals on Earth all have four limbs, but we also have insects, which are hexapods. So they said, you know, what if the animal kingdom on this planet all had based in like six, they were all hexapods. And it's cool. It's because, you know, clearly it's a system that does work for animals. Here's another fun fact about hexapods insects, ants, and stuff, they never have more than three feet on the ground at once. There's never, they have six legs. And the same thing, I think it goes for like every insect. I think if you get a millipede, it only has three feet touching the ground, even though it's got like all of those legs, they all kind of wave, they move like a wave. And I think it's, there's only like three feet touching the ground the whole time. Three. I don't know. What do you call a bug foot? <laughs> Pods. Dances with Fern gullies says is, is This Will. I think that that is an accurate description. Last of the Mohicans. The Blue Mohicans. Corruptor says they created a predator that hunted by slinging its, its head at its prey like a stork with a detachable face. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That reminds me of a King Missile song. Detachable Fae Ace. Um, well, you know, it's got some cool images. I be, you know, I, I, is, that, is that guy going to be in it? The guy who was in those, uh, the older guy. He was like, um, he's in the movie. Um, he did two movies. I think I saw the second one. What's the movie where the guy's like, don't breathe. That's the movie. And Don't Breathe too. he did a sequel to it. Those movies are weird. I don't know if I should like that guy or not, but we follow him regardless. By the way, everybody, just so you know, Andrew Garfield is taking a break from acting. All right? You just rest up, Andrew Garfield, from all that acting that you... Listen, guys, I need to take a break. You guys have to stop calling me for a while. (laughs) Andrew Garfield, I am also taking a break from acting. Not on purpose, though. Just as a result of not being an employed actor. (laughs) I'm taking a break from acting. It's like when I say I'm between bands. I'll be in a band again. Just not in one now. Um. Um... I would like to say, next time someone asks me what do I do, I'll say, I'm taking a break from acting. (laughs) Right now, I'm just taking a break from acting. I'm taking a break until they call me to act again to my next audition. Then I'll do some more acting. I can't believe, do you guys realize the privilege of that? I mean, does it sound like that to you? Hey guys, I'm taking a break from making all of this money and... Having all of this fame and using my talent to the fullest. I'm just, it's just so tiring. I need to take a break. <laughs> Andrew Garfield. You was the best thing about Spider-Man No Way Home. But, come on, man. Come on. Why is this an article? This just makes me feel like, like, what? how does that make you feel? Humans are the apex predator. Are we the apex predator though? I feel like if we went into the woods, we would just get eaten immediately. we get stung by a bee and die. I don't think that humans are the apex of this all, this planet. I think we figured out crafty ways to not die. And that's the best, that's the best we can do. We don't have claws. We can't just pick up a thing and eat it. Like a bear. Come on. Tell that to bears. I know that we can make bears dance in the circus. But uh, as soon as that bear doesn't doesn't want to do that anymore, he will eat you. You know, it's funny. There's a there's a picture of a guy sitting on the back of a I think of as a, a hippopotamus, and it's like, oh yeah, this guy was a hippopotamus wrangler. He used to train hippopotamuses. Hippopotami. He loved hippopotamuses, and this is a picture of him on the back of a hippopotamus. Uh, He died four years later because he was eaten by a hippopotamus. Chiroptera says, Tigers are apex predators, they eat humans. There you go. My tiger. That sounds exotic like a tiger. yeah Andrew Garfield, you rest up, put your feet up for a while, okay? We'll call you when we're ready for more Andrew Garfield. <laughs> I've got to take a break from acting. I have an English accent, even though I grew up in California. The chicks dig it. He does. He has an English accent, but he grew up in like California because he just had he's just he's just faking it. It's like the same thing with um, listen, I'm not bitter, I'm just thirsty. Uh, literally thirsty, not figuratively thirsty. I, I should, I should drink some more water. Yeah, I'm just saying, his. It's like uh, Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan, the two brothers Nolan, the guys who wrote, you know, the Dark Knight series together, and Christopher Nolan directed those. Uh, Christopher Nolan has an English accent. Jonathan Nolan has an American accent. Why is that? You should ask yourself that question. Christopher Nolan lives down the street from me. Actually, let's go knock on his door. Listen, I heard you were making bangers and mash and your brother was having a cheeseburger explain this i need you to explain this to me we're still talking about uh yeah let me save that draft see what else is trending sorry guys i'm I'm a little you know i got a lot on my mind there's a um, you know, health crisis going on back east, and, and I'm just uh, trying to stay in the moment, trying to keep this show going. Arctic Monkeys, they're left eye. Why is left eye trending? Is she coming back? I know that she's... Are they going to bring her back as a hologram, or is this too soon? Harry Styles. What do you guys think of Harry Styles? I think he's kind of a little bit of an egomaniac. He's talented. He's a good actor. He's a good singer. But, you know, he kind of knows that. And you're like... You shouldn't know it that much. You should be a little bit more humble, Harry Styles. That's a better look. But he's like, watch me wear these red pants. And I'm like, well, Harry Styles. Oscar Isaac is trending. Oscar Isaac. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Wednesday. It's Moon Knight Day. I know that we're supposed to watch Moon Knight here on Wednesdays, but I need to watch last week's episode. I still haven't caught up. Moon Knight. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the show. It's a little confusing. There's this, there's that, and suddenly he's a guy, and then he's another guy, and then you're like, where are we? And I'm too dumb to understand it. Chiroptera says Harry Styles makes boring music. You know who else makes kind of boring music? Um. I would say Ernie from Sesame Street. Because he says he's like rubber ducky, you're the one. Actually, that's a dope. That slaps. I like that song. That's a banger. Put that one out with a trap beat. Rubber ducky. You're the one. Boom. Now listen to the beat drop. Arctic Monkeys. Interesting thing about the band Arctic Monkeys is they like are huge in UK. They're huge. They're like the biggest band in UK. They kept trying to break in the United States and... It took them about ten years to break here as like even a recognizable household name. Is as Will says, I got shot every episode this last this past weekend. You got shot. So you took in all of the episodes of Moon Knight. Now, were you able to follow it? Was it interesting? Were you intrigued? Oscar Isaac is pretty good, except his English accent is almost as bad as Andrew Garfield's. I was just saying to myself, Well, Oscar Isaac you need to stop with the English accent, and then I've realized that that's actually part is supposed to jump out you as a little jump out at you as a little bit off. It's the kind of the point. Robin is trending. Oh no, not for good reasons, not for Batman reasons anyway. But they did greenlight Batman too. What did you think of Moon Knight? What are you up to? Or is it a good series? How many more episodes are there? One more after this. Chat incoming. Here comes Will. Let's get ready for Will. Brace yourself. Here comes Will. Will is uh, incoming. Marilyn Monroe is also trending. She's one of the most famous, richest dead people. Along with, like, Kurt Cobain and and, uh, uh, James Dean and uh, Steve... There's so many famous rich dead people, like their estates, Elvis, um, Audrey Hepburn. A lot of these people just make so much money in death. So I can't wait till I'm going to leave everything to Grogu. So I hear by my final will and testament uh, on this entire show and the proceeds will go to you, Grogu, an inanimate object. Uh, something that's made of plastic that is personified. Or just, yeah. You're, you're anthropomorphized piece of plastic. You get everything, okay? W- what are you going to do with it? Donate it to charity? Good. <clears throat> Um. Oh, that reminds me of a Mitch Hedberg joke. He said he got a really small slice of pizza, and uh, one time, and he said it was so tiny that it was that if you had won the lottery and there was a pie chart represented it, it would it would have been the the slice that said, "Don't eat it to charity." And he said, "I would like to exchange this tiny slice of pizza for the keep it." Thank you, Mitch Hedberg. Will, I was just invoking Mitch Hedberg, the greatest, one of the greatest one-liners, uh, so, you know, throwaway comedians ever. Hey, Will, what's going on? How are you?
1: Can you hear me?
0: I can hear you, Watson. Oh my God! Come first to the try. next room. First try. We did it. We have made contact. Hot dog. Hot dog. <sighs> I wish I had Good a million afternoon. dollars. Good
2: afternoon.
0: Good uh, afternoon. How are you? Both. Welcome I'll split to. It with you. <laughs> we'll exchange it for the keep it. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, will. So you've been watching Moon Knight, am I right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I had an unexpected visitor. Uh, oh yeah. My Alien? oldest sister came to oh. town. She experienced the tragedy in her family, so Ooh, that brought I'm her sorry. back home. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but her, and my mom, is this sis and is this mom? They were watching Moon Knight, and I walked in on it. and I was just like, "Ah." Oh. Well, I guess yeah. I got gonna watch this now because you guys are in the living room, and my office is right next to it, so I'm gonna hear it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So we It'll struck get a Bargain. Okay. And, and so they they stopped where they were and let me catch up, and so and that's how. Okay. I, how that's sort of how I got caught up. Um,
0: I'm two episodes. I enjoy.
1: Behind. Yeah, because I I never read the comics, but I. Watched YouTube videos years ago Of people talking about how cool the comics were And what they did with the character I was right. like, okay, alright, fair enough So that kind of was a primer For mm-hmm. what was going to happen Because I didn't know how they were going to do the show Because, like, the the rap On Moon Knight is that he's Marvel's Batman So I was like, oh, so maybe that's what they'll do But they already did Daredevil
0: Yeah, So that's more Marvel's Batman I think Well.
1: Yeah, well no, technically Iron Man. he
0: really is Iron Man's more Marvel's Batman. For sure. Yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, He's, well, he's always got a Batman contingency plan. Co op,
1: every freaking thing. You yeah. know, Batman used to just be a crime fighter. Mm hmm. Now, Batman, with prep time, can solve any problem in the universe.
0: Yeah, he's the world's most dangerous man.
1: But, uh, but yeah, um, that kind of prime me. And then, uh, you know I'm not gonna give anything away, but there are other shows that if you may have watched these shows it it uses certain elements from those shows to convey the 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 plot contrivance that makes it different from the other Marvel shows, like if you ever watched my own worst enemy on n b c the Christian Slater show,
0: ooh, I haven't
1: it was okay. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: But there's there's a lot borrowed from that. I was saying how they do certain things, and then uh, if you've watched Doom Patrol, there's some elements there that overlap with what they do here too.
0: Interesting. So, do you think they watch a lot of TV, the writers, or do they try to like invent new stuff? I mean, you must you must I see mean, what's trending
1: you know that's one thing I usually don't do is go and do my research on who wrote what I, like I used to be more into that but like with Marvel it's just it's such a machine you wonder like alright how many people are in their writer's room yes. what are their credits and, you know for all I know it could be people who worked on those very same shows cause I'm generally ignorant um I'm just like alright I hope it's good I'll watch it and uh <laughs> Given the be, benefit of the doubt,
0: it's got to be so difficult to do the lattice work of maintaining something like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and now the Marvel Television Universe, streaming universe, yeah. and Star Wars. Could you imagine the lattice work? The the um, the amount of tabs you have to keep open on that browser.
1: I mean, yeah, <laughs> but they got the money to pay the people to do it.
0: True. <laughs> That's true. I
1: imagine how many production assistants there are.
0: <laughs> I imagine if that's your job you would you'd have to really love it and be you know, really, really have a good retention attention to detail and retention for sure.
1: Yeah. Or editorial has to be supreme. Like they have to have a crack team of editors who look over every script for the next yes. five or six years of what they got mapped out and say, Up, oh, let them know they need to go back and change this. because. Two two years from now, when Loki season two comes out, and we're we're setting up the Fantastic Four movie or whatever, it's gonna come from that. Yeah, you, you just screwed something up. Mm. So it, it's pretty intense. But I mean, on the slide, they continue to introduce elements that completely change how Marvel works, and you just are like, oh, I guess that thing is a part of this now. Right, so like Egyptology it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just it like, is. all right, I guess, I guess it is. Yeah. It's like, and you're just along for the ride. There was someone who wrote after, after Endgame came out, and I'm not going to get the quote right, but he's like, the amazing thing about Marvel is that they managed to take us from Iron Man, which was very much grounded in technology and reality to Spider-Man on a Pegasus.
0: Yeah, that's in a true. Battle
1: with aliens.
0: <laughs> that is and true. And
1: take it and face value like, yep, that's just a thing that happened.
0: That wasn't lost on <laughs> me though. Watching that, that when I saw that epic next shot right after the moment that, if you're a real geek like me, and 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 I can't speak for you, Will, but I can tell that you know you have a vast knowledge. I don't want to call you a geek. But you're an honorary geek about. Okay,
1: uh, I'll accept the membership.
0: <laughs> but it wasn't lost on me right at that moment when Captain America says in Endgame, "Avengers," and I was like, I literally was like, he's gonna say it. I, I shouted it. I was like, he's yeah. gonna say it. And he said, "Avengers Assemble," and then the very next shot is, you know, that that clash of the aliens versus the Avengers, and or you know, <laughs> Thanos's army versus the Avenger army. Um, that. In that moment, I was like, there was like a flash. The whole MCU's life flashed before my eyes. I was like, I can't believe (laughs) we started with Tony Stark in a cave with some scraps (laughs) and ended up here. So I I thought that that was actually, yeah, with a box of scraps. You you
1: had a flashback and a flash forward because you predicted the very last moment of the film too. Yes. doing that.
0: Yes, I did. So, I, that, so that, that had to
1: be like, bam! Wow,
0: I like I. It was so perfect that ending in Endgame. I'm going to geek out for a second on that. When, when Tony Stark says, and I, I was all, he's going to say, and, and I'm Iron Man. Like, as soon as I, th- I'm trying to remember when Thanos says, "I am inevitable." Yes, it's just it was like okay, you know, what's inevitable. Him saying, "I am Iron Man," <laughs> which was, I don't know. <laughs> It was perfect. It was a perfect yes. bookend to the Iron Man saga. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it's pretty incredible how now we're like worth Egyptologists and magic, which is called science. But now we're in different dimensions, and there's the Multiverse of Madness next week coming out with, um, you know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which uh, yeah. of the Lean reminded us all yesterday to avoid all spoilers. She is the resident spoiler. (laughs) And uh, she said, I have been advised to tell everyone to avoid all spoilers at all costs, which I feel like is kind of a tertiary, a secondary, a glancing spoiler (laughs) because it makes my mind go wild.
1: You're starting to anticipate. Yes. Yeah. I I haven't watched any of the new trailers in uh, two months and I'm trying to avoid any news? Because yeah, I, the 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 FOMO, the fear of missing out, is mm. something that like I abhor. Like I'm like I hate that that can be used as like a sales pitch to get somebody out to go do something they shouldn't do. Right. But at the same time, it's like, well, if you want to experience it the way it's supposed to be experienced, that's true. You better not sit around and wait because yeah. you're gonna find something out. Like Disney has been. Uh, Getting in the habit of Release date for new episodes of their shows Be it a Marvel show or Star Wars show Releasing stills from that episode Like Mm. All during the day So you're going to get something spoiled Um, So they're getting ahead of it
0: So they get the clicks Ah
1: To me that's like doubly annoying Because if you follow Disney Or you get one of their sponsored ads And you're like I can't watch it until I get home off to work, but I'm checking my feeds for other stuff over the course of the day. It's like, oh! So like in the case of Hawkeye, they they had a major character reveal late in the season, right? And Mm -hmm. And With a big plot point that connected to a film. And that actress in character from a scene from the episode at noon, the day the episode came out, was a sponsored ad on Facebook and it's just like, Man, yeah. for the people who didn't know that this was going to be a thing, tough tits. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it's,
0: I know it. Like I literally, I was, I sent a screenshot to either Ollie or or somebody. It was twelve fifty one a.m. I was going. I was in bed. It's twelve fifty one now. The release of Moon Knight each week is midnight on the West Coast, three a.m. on the East Coast. All at once. That's the same time. It's simultaneity. Yeah, yeah, but... And yeah. uh, at twelve fifty-one, it was like on my main screen of my phone was a notification from YouTube that said all the Easter eggs broken down, and everything explained. Episode four explained <sighs> Moon Knight, and I was like, "It's twelve. It's been out." it's came out 51 minutes ago. And, and now there's already a, a video about explaining yeah, the
1: content creator arm race, which means they had to have it queued up and prepped yeah. and scheduled to be released well in advance. And you know, so there are that, people out there, they're, yeah. they're getting the screeners and all that.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really, it's just crazy how like there, that's how I felt when I was reviewing movies, I would go 9 a.m., Every Friday morning or Thursday night, and I would go see the new release of the biggest movie that's projected for that weekend. And I would be done with my review by like 8 p.m., 9 p.m. on Friday because I'd be spending all day editing it and whatever. Right. And then, but, and then it got the arms race got quicker and quicker. Now everybody's like reviewing the movie a week ahead of time, and I couldn't get. I couldn't get yeah. access to that. I started writing to companies. I'm like, hey, I do a channel. I review movies. How come everybody else gets to go see this movie a week ahead of time, make their review, and release it two, three days before the movie comes out? Now I get like 43 views on my video that I spent all day on, and they get like 27,000, 58,000. And I'm just, I don't know. I got to yeah. change up my strategy or whatever. But that
1: kind of put me off on following a lot of those folks Because it was just like Alright If I'm trying to avoid any spoilers When the majority of the people That are in the film Review community on YouTube Are doing Advanced reviews As soon as the embargo list They're putting out their spoiler free review And then they'll wait like two days And put out the other one If you watch it The algorithm is going to lean into showing you stuff from right. the movie, or showing you more people who are more likely to use a spoiler thumbnail, or to yeah. do a, a a review and say, "Screw it, I don't care about spoilers." Like one of the first quote unquote film comic review channels I used to watch was Mister Sunday Movies. Oh, and I love Mister Sunday I just, Movies. You know, I had to stop because they they got a little too carefree with spoilers, like. Uh. When they they have a focused part of the show, like all right, we're gonna do our review, and they're like, all right, spoilers, spoilers. and You know, and they yeah. transition right. But whenever they do any segment before that, when they're talking about entertainment news, and then after, when they're doing, what are you reading? What are you gonna read?
0: What you gonna read? Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. They they spoil stuff all the time, like, and it's like the stuff you really don't want to know because it'll be stuff about, oh, this movie's in production, and we just heard. This that yeah. this
0: that that, that, that. It's just do, like ah. Do you think the culture right now is this? It's as follows because I feel like every movie that is made right now is a remake or a sequel or whatever, and it's and I have this theory that it's because this is the DVD slash VHS generation where we could watch the same movie over and over again as a kid. We could watch Star Wars a million times over and over again as a kid, and Disney and whoever movie studios like oh. You want more of the same? We can make new more of the same, <laughs> and we could yeah. make sequels. And I feel like because people don't go to the movies, unless they know it's a movie that they're going to think they're going to like because it's a remake or a sequel or more of the same, it's comforting. So I think spoiler culture is, is part of that. I think kids and adults alike are just – watching the spoilers before the movies cuz they're like I want to know that it does what I want it to do. I want to know that this movie is going to comfort me and I'm going to feel uh safe and secure that this movie is going to do exactly what I want it to do and then maybe I'll go see it. Which is frustrating cuz I-, I go off about Star Wars episode 8 not doing anything anybody wanted to do and that's why people hate it, but they don't take they don't watch the movie and go, "Hey, this is actually a good Movie and movie. it's unique. Yeah. It's a unique Star Wars movie. <laughs> they don't, they don't want it to. The market. Yeah. What do you think about there that? There
1: were some people who were like very, very, very dedicated to the idea of trying to convince the world that Episode Nine was a good
0: movie. Oh, that's a terrible movie. It's a bad car- garbage uh, <laughs> fire. It stinks like hot garbage in New York City in the July. With like dead fish rotting inside of it, also uh, rotting flesh and uh, vomit. That's how bad that movie is. I
1: I, I'll I'll agree.
0: It smells like Johnny Depp's pillowcase. That movie. Uh, (laughs) Chiroptera says. (laughs) <laughs> Cowardtowards says it's also data-driven. The algorithms figure out which movies get most traffic and most popular. By those metrics, get repeated. Yeah, because they just lean into whatever works. It's an avalanche. It's a um, it's a landslide. It's a slippery slope, as it were.
1: And I'm sure you know part of their strategy is we can reframe anything that we've done before with a different. Intellectual property and resell it. So, right. so you like Spider-Man, but you've never seen Spider-Man in a detective movie. Well, guess what? We're doing a Spider-Man detective movie. Right. Oh yeah, that that looks like it's gonna be cool. Um, you know, so there's a little bit of that going on. Um, but in all honesty, I'm like, I'm at the the, the stage where I realize the mistakes I made getting into youtube and content create culture as a like a consumer of it because initially i was just attracted to getting information about stuff i stopped following like stuff so right. i wanted to find out what was going on in comics well i stopped reading a long time ago and since then i've heard tidbits of all right this is a plot that was popular in the last 20 years um Oh, I can go watch Comics Explained, and he'll actually just do a synopsis of that whole arc yeah. or a whole. That guy's
0: voice from... though, he's got the most amazing <laughs> yeah. voice. Rob, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And what's weird is when I initially started watching his content, it was like, oh, now I know everything that happened in that story. Yeah, that was a cool story. I had no desire to go back and consume the comics because, as a little kid, the art music comics as an adolescent yeah, the, the that was what drew me in the and then as an adult now it's just like oh, i wonder what they did it's like checking in on an old friend so it's 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 a lot looser for me i'm not as wed to it as i was so yeah. th- it was like all right i'm filling in the gaps i didn't realize at the time and I I'm, i don't even think this was the case initially with them doing that because a lot of those people who did those Those channels in the beginning. They just love comics, so they just did what they thought were cool stories. And Mm -hmm. that that was in the the beginnings of the MCU and the DCEU. They were only doing a handful of movies. They were doing very well known characters. So all this obscurity that they were covering, it was fair game because no one was really interested so they could say, oh, this is super interesting. Listen to me tell you about this because you're not going to hear about it anywhere else. And the pivot that I wasn't aware of as I started to consume that stuff is as Hollywood shifted and comic book movies became a, a a large section of what they're putting out as the blockbusters they needed more material so as they had mm. to dig deeper in the well of stuff the content creators who were on the, the, the forefront of that realized that too so they started to pivot their content towards this I heard is option for film, they're thinking about a script on this one So they started to slowly pivot so that when they were putting out their stuff, it was, you know, in a year or so, there was going to be a movie. So if you didn't know the story of a certain group of characters and you watched their channels, by the time the movie came out, you knew them front and back, up and down. And a lot of times, at least in Rob's case, he would be like, oh, this is going to be so cool. I can't wait to see this. And my thought process, I stopped watching his channel a few years ago, yeah, was, you know what, I'd love to see without knowing what's going to happen.
0: Right, exactly. And, and, you know, I think Marvel has done a pretty good job at um, incorporating stories that you wouldn't expect in other stories. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And also... Um, Taking different routes in existing stories, which I thought was, you know, but still using the characters to push the story forward. Marvel Cinematic Universe is character driven. Everything that happens in that universe, we care about because we want to see what happens with the characters and everything. My favorite, I've said this before. My favorite thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the interaction of the characters, and particularly the people who play those characters we've become attached to. And it's kind of a, remarkable that these actors can maintain these roles for decades, essentially, uh, especially since when we were kids, you know, you had to negotiate to get the the actor to come back as the same role. You know, now... You know, you got Chris Evans as Captain America for 10 years and you got uh, mm-hmm. Thor is going to be, you know, I, I, how long? Did, it's like Robert Downey played and the definitely. character. Yeah. Oh, and I thought you were going
1: to talk about well, Thor. Oh, well, no, <laughs> but, I'm, yeah. I'm
0: excited for Thor. But like, you know, his eyebrows have darkened since we first <laughs> met him. <laughs> but it's interesting to me that... It, what's most interesting to me is the character interactions. I care about those characters and yes. those characterizations of those characters. But when I watch the DC stuff, like like uh, Justice League, I'm like, I don't care about what any of these people are talking about. I don't care about any of them. They're all brooding. They're all standing around a table going, oh, "Oh, what do you think we should do? We should do this. We should do that. Mumble, mumble, mumble. All right, Koroptera, let me catch up on the comments here. Koroptera says that distillation of information has been made harder and harder to find in-depth information on once extremely complex subjects of study, like mythology and economics, which I think has influenced the increasing visibility of the Dunning-Kruger effect. I cannot... With you more, you've seen the MCU, but have you seen an MCU sitcom? Well, there here's WandaVision. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to fig- fill in every gap. Get- you know that reminds me. I think about Netflix, and I'm pretty sure when they're content creating for these last several years, they just throw a bunch of different keywords into a blender and then see what pours out at, right, at the yeah. end. <laughs> like, because for instance, Bird Box. Came out, and I know it's based on something or whatever, but it's like they're like, Imagine you can't look out the window, you can't see, look, go outside. Imagine you can't see a thing, and if you see it, then you die. And then I saw there was like a preview, uh, you know, and then which is kind of an adaptation or a, a spin off concept from um, watched the movie with uh, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I knew you were gonna go there, uh, yeah, and now I can't remember it either.
0: Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, whoever's listening to this is like, it's called this, and they're shouting it right now. Uh, don't, <sighs> don't say a word. It's not don't say a word. It's uh. I'm gonna say that too. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's called something. Uh, a but you can't quiet place. Quiet place. You can't make a sound. No, you can't hear anything. If you hear something, you make a sound, you'll yeah. die. You'll die. And then I saw a preview on Netflix for a movie. They're like the smell. If you catch the smell, the smell. And I'm like they're just going down the list of. <laughs> Senses,
1: here. So you know, that movie like was called pull my finger, right?
0: It was called pull my finger
1: and die
0: to death, pull my finger to death. I think it was called. Um, but you know, they just algorithmically blend together fifteen trending concepts and then they make a movie out of it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, you can argue that that you know that's been going on for a while because we had Dante's Peak and volcano, volcano or whatever oh, it was called. Yeah deep impact so it kind of follows a weird pattern but it is a race I mean there's something to be said I would say for there was like a sweet spot with Marvel and DC where you could argue that they were actually kind of like cribbing from each other because that they did uh, Dawn of Justice when Civil War was coming out and it's alright two stories with the two most iconic characters for that time period at odds with each other, hero versus hero. And they, and they put that out Mm -hmm. and one really screwed it up and one made it really fun. So, I mean, fair, fair.
0: But again, I think it, it it comes down to the actual characters. Like we wanted to see Captain America and agent Carter, be together for that final dance at the final shot of Endgame yeah. it was like the most perfect bookend for that character too. You've got cuz the very end of The First Avenger, Captain America the First Avenger, he's like, "Ah, save that dance for me. I'll see you in two weeks." And then he goes into the ice. Yeah. You know, and then it's like boom, he gets to go back to that and and yeah. complete that character arc uh, in such a satisfying way. And that's the thing about sequels. It's tricky. Because every sequels, you know, it's tricky to rock around to rock around a sequel. Um, (laughs) Because every Thor movie, he has to have another character growth. Every Captain America movie, there has to be a change in the character. There has to be some kind of uh, growth that happens fundamentally. And that's the interesting thing about the character Captain America is that he doesn't change. That's the, that's the. Yeah, yeah, that's. A... <laughs> yeah.
1: Man, out of time. Um, I think in game. Uh, was he it in game or was it? No, 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 no. I can't remember if it was in game or Infinity War, where they had the discussion, where he and Tony are arguing, and he tells Tony, "You won't make the sacrifice play." Yeah. That conversation. You're you not the know guy to make the about.
0: sacrifice play. Yeah. mm-hmm.
1: And then Tony calls him out on his BS because he's—he uh, he basically says, you know, you're full of yourself and you're mm-hmm. high and mighty, and uh, you, you had to step away from that. And and the one thing about Endgame is that movie does kind of pivot
0: their mm-hmm. position. It does because he is the oh, guy to make the sacrifice is, play. At yeah. The end quite literally cuz that ending scene of Endgame is a football game. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really literally is. They're literally literally and pun intended running the gauntlet. Yes. <laughs> like it's kind of on the nose as on the nose as it gets even in the beginning. <laughs> even in the beginning of that movie they're playing football and you're like what is this scene? What uh, that's the first what I thought when when Nebula and, and Tony Stark are playing the table football. I was I was yeah. like, what is this? And it was it was good because it was like Tony accepting Nebula and allowing not allowing Nebula to win, just saying, look, you won, fair and square. Cool. I'm not gonna like uh I'm not gonna take your knees out. I'm not gonna undermine you. You won. There you go. And she'd never experienced that. So it was pretty fun to see her go, like what? <laughs> You're gonna yeah. let me win. Um exactly. But but that is the perfect setup for the final battle. And it's kind of so innocuous in the beginning. You're like, what are I guess we're just watching two characters bonding? But then right. that that is the mirror to the end of the movie when they're literally yeah. running the gauntlet. And I find that to be just excellent filmmaking. I don't care what people say about this these movies yeah. and think they think, well, they're not really cinema, they're not really movies. I'm like, listen, they've they yeah. make Solid, really well made movies, and I, uh, you know, if you might not like the content, you might not like the characters, but the movies are just. Oh, this is this company. They're calling me. Let's get let's get them on the line. Hello, hello. Oh,
1: really? Hi.
0: Hi. This is Thomas Morano from Dairyland Insurance. Is this Arstel. Uh, close enough. <laughs> Alright, I was just calling to follow up with you, and so it looks like there was a bit of confusion as the file changed hands. We actually do have your check that you yeah. sent it to us, so we'll give yeah, you the full payment out to Geico. Okay. Okay. And cool. was there any
1: further questions or anything that I could address, and I'll call
0: Geico right after this and let him know. No, I never want to hear from you again.
3: Okay, thank you so much, sir. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> <Hold on>. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good golly. Oh, I can't boy. say you weren't honest. I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> the, I tell you. Right, I, may, you, may gotta, so you, angry.
1: you need burn some sage <laughs> or something because <laughs> the universe is as cool as it can be somebody with... That insurance—it's your <laughs> new car.
0: <laughs> I know. I, I'm just. Oh man, my blood was boiling with that when I got that email. I was like, "Look, guys, y- this is a you problem." <laughs> this is. A- <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh. Yeah. Oof. So you—you oh. yeah, you
1: opened Pandora's box. Yeah. Because now I'm yeah. thinking about the depth of foreshadowing in that scene. Mm-hmm. Because they're playing football. Which of course is you know it's a nod, and um, there's also the whole aspect that Gamora, her capacity for survival, is key for her and Tony lasting as long as they did, Mm. because he needs to eat to live. She can get away with not being able to, and yeah, she has a the she's less of
0: an organic system than he does. Yeah. She's more machine. And,
1: and when you think about that, Nebula, you you pose mean, right? that, yeah, yeah, Nebula. Yeah. So she's she's central to how things play out, and then at the end of the movie, she is as well. Because what it comes down to is we consider this maybe a flaw, but her connection with her past self is what lets Thanos from. The divergent timeline come forward to the future,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: if he doesn't, Tony doesn't have an opportunity to wipe him out of existence and eliminate that threat. Interesting. Um, and then the yeah. other
0: it all falls into place.
1: Yeah, the other thing about that that whole scenario with them being out in space that I thought about too is, and who saves them in the end? Who's the one that bails them out when it looks like all is lost?
0: Um. Oh, Doctor Strange. No, no no no, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no.
1: When they're drifting through space.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel comes and to then, aid. Yeah. And when That's
1: they're pretty... playing football and it looks like, oh, man, we we're, we're, were not doing so hot. We need somebody hey Peter to come with it. A... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there,
0: the, there are two moments like that in each battle, the deus ex uh, machina. And literally, right, yeah. literal god powered people show up. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. In in Infinity War and in Endgame, you've got so. In Infinity War, my one of my favorite sequences in all of the movies is Thor creating a god killing weapon, a Titan killing yeah. weapon. So I find that sequence to be so comic booky in the best ways possible mm-hmm. that we're like we're on Earth, we're on a diff, we're on um, we're on Titan, we're in space with the dying star it was such a great little odyssey of adventure and then when when Thor shows up and uh with his god killing his titan killing weapon and um that it's the same it's it's mirrored when Captain Marvel and they gave her a reason to be off planet in the beginning because otherwise yeah. she would have just handed Th- Thanos's uh purple butt to him so <laughs> to him the uh, whole time yeah. <laughs> She would like she would so they they gave it like fifteen minutes of fighting <laughs> first yeah. before she shows up and and regulates the situation. But uh, yeah, I can't. Cap-
1: I'm trying to remember in the press, someone was I can't remember if it was Kevin Feige, one of the Russo brothers, but whoever it was, they were discussing who was the most powerful Avenger, and it mm-hmm. was between Thor and Captain Marvel and I'm trying to remember if that was before even Infinity War came out that that had come out that they were saying that when they were when they announced the casting and they said that the movie was in production and they started talking about they said oh she's going to be the most powerful Avenger yes and that immediately came out so that was before she had any appearance on camera yeah um,
0: I mean Thor like, would probably the... have, take issue with that because he's the strongest Avenger in his mind Right, which which uh... so, Dude, wait, legitimate I... question. Uh, do you think in this Marvel Cinematic Universe the Hulk does not have the the range of Hulk powers that he would have in the comic books because it's directly proportional to his amount of anger, how strong he gets, and versus Thor. So, this is a very important discussion. I think. Do you think that Thor uh-huh. has an equal amount of power? As the Hulk, or as just a better fighter, or what? What do you think? Do you think in an arm wrestle it who would win?
1: On an image I saw, and whether it's photoshopped or not, mm-hmm. because you know how they always do the here's the Marvel slate, and here's Phase Four, and yeah. all that. I I remember seeing one that included World War Hulk.
0: Interesting. What's World War Hulk?
1: Uh, so. What ended up being Ragnarok's B-plot, which is Mm -hmm. Thor cast away from Earth and the Hulk being all Hulk all the time, Mm -hmm. Uh, that in the comic books, uh, they may still do it in a weird way, um, that whole scenario. But the Hulk got exiled from Earth. He didn't leave voluntarily in the comic books. And so he bore a grudge for being exiled against the people who exiled him,
2: and he got angry. So the Hulk,
1: yes, he got Ooh. more angry than he's ever been, and then other things Ooh. made him even more angry, and he yeah. came back to Earth stronger than he ever did. So, like, if you ever hear the term "World Breaker Hulk,"
0: mm, I've never heard that, that term, but but that's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See,
1: it's weird because DC has. You brought this up earlier about our attachment to the characters and that's what makes marvel so compelling is yeah. not just that we're watching a comic book movie but the actors and the personas that they're giving us really resonate with us they they've had that the longevity and consistency in portrayals but in the beginning they did do some quick pivots and the hulk is one of those characters we lost norton and yeah. immediately switched to Oh, I almost said Eric Banner like an idiot when I should be saying yeah, that. That would have been a
0: flashback, yeah. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, and Ruffalo don't, has done an Ruffalo excellent job. Ruffalo, his fathers. Mm hmm. And then we lost Terrence Howard for Don Cheadle.
0: I uh, prefer Terrence Howard, to be honest. I like Don Cheadle's his, his vibe, but I don't fe- I didn't, I never bought the relationship between uh, the two characters, between Rhodey and, and Tony Stark, as much as I did in that first movie. I really yeah, they bought, seem
1: more rivals.
0: Yeah, they seemed more. There was more of a chemistry there, than yeah. And it, and I feel like Don Cheadle's a ringer, and he showed up, and he's good, and he's Don Cheadle. He's he's a good character. Yeah, it just it just was never more was. Of a, yeah,
1: wingman. I just want to say that he just Don Cheadle feels like the eternal wingman as War Machine. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's not like I could have bought a little bit more of that that rivalry between the friendly rivalry between roadie and tony stark well i mean the the terrence howard roadie although terrence howard has figured out all of the platonic solids he i think he thinks he is tony stark in real life (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you guys have seen that but terrence howard has been out there talking about all kinds of um, uh, stuff that maybe could be all imaginary, <laughs> and in his head. No, feel I'm, bad not, for the guy. I'm not aware. I'm not
1: oh, you aware. Know, oh, you don't know?
0: you don't know about? Uh, let's let's go for to the videotape. Terrence Howard. Uh, this was him a few years ago. Howard, uh, platonic, platonic solids. Yeah. yeah, here we go. He was on the red carpet, and they're kind of making fun of him, but it's it's also. Listen, I used to work in mental health, um, but I don't think this is a result of a mental illness. I think it's a result of hubris and, oh boy. Uh, and narcissism. This is what happens when you are, uh, have as much hubris, narcissism, and arrogance as one Terrence Howard. Oh, was red hot? Now, series star Terrence Howard says, when it concludes this season, he's done with acting, and that's not all. He's, oh, Terrence Howard is done with acting, just like Andrew Garfield because is taking a break said, from acting. Good, good for you guys. At the bottom of the screen to see if we could all better understand it. Good luck to all of us. <laughs> this is Terrence Howard, please. Lucius is in the house. Terrence Howard here. You made huge
3: headlines when you said, after you complete these fifteen episodes of Empire, you got to walk away for a while or forever for good. I am I mean, everyone keeps trying to tell me, don't say it's forever. But I've spent 37 years pretending to be people so that people can pretend to watch and enjoy what I'm doing when I've huh. made some discoveries in my own personal life oh, yeah? with the science that
0: you, you and know, Trump. Pythagoras
3: was searching for I was able to open up the flower of life properly And find the real wave conjugations that Wait, what conjugation? 10,000 years Why would I continue, you know Walking on water for tips When I've got an entire generation To teach a whole new world that, that's a big remark. What,
0: yeah, what, seems what, like he's to, to, cracked to the secrets of the universe.
3: Well, let me put it this way. All energy in the universe is expressed in motion. All motion is expressed in waves. All waves are curved. So where does the straight lines come Expl- from? Explain to, it to the me. Solids. There are no straight lines. So when I took the flower of life and opened it properly, I found a whole new wave conjugations that expose the in-between spaces. That's... Okay. It's the thing that holds us all together.
0: Yeah. Uh, Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Uh, So (laughs) I I would just like to say, I was getting like 50 texts during that, Um, but I would just like to say, Terrence Howard, uh, just explain the universe to us, because we need to know. You've discovered that there are no straight lines and that everything is a wavelength. Go ahead. Science is waiting. Science has been... There have been people who have spent their entire careers and lives studying physics and measuring different phenomena. But we need Terrence Howard on the red carpet to explain it all to us. I Um, just want to know what the flower
1: actually was. What flower? I don't think...
0: I don't think our brains will be able to handle it because Terrence Howard is beyond. Speaking of the Dunning-Kruger effect that was brought up earlier by Choroptera, it's, uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect is right then and there. You don't know how much you don't know until you start to know about stuff. The more you know about something, you start to realize how much you that's... don't know
1: Oh, definitely. Like...
0: Yeah, which is a, is, well, it's a phenomenon. It's a phenomenon. It's the Dunning-Kruger I effect. Think...
1: Somebody spun string theory to him in a a, a very hippie-ish way.
0: In a text? <laughs> 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 On a tweet? That
1: wouldn't be hippie-ish. They, Yo, they sent me. it by pigeon. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I, I, I have some friends that are kind of into that whole
0: woo-woo stuff. I,
1: I don't have a word for it. It's just like, yeah, just you, you won't... Pseudoscience? Be you. Can't come yeah. to work with me.
0: yeah well I find it funny that you know someone can just come up in their mind with how all of these physics and wavelengths work and it makes sense to them because of their limited knowledge it all kind of fits together perfectly because of their limited knowledge but then you start to get it to like well classical physics and Newtonian physics and and, uh, relatively you know you start to tell them how they don't work uh, together it's just like scientists are confused by this So he's yeah. like he's out there saying let me tell you science let me explain to you how the platonic solids work. It's funny that he throws out the platonic solids like that like it's just nothing. So the platonic th- solid uh, to my understanding is just like the forms I think he's talking about which are like you know like there's the form of a uh, this is the full th- the Aristotle part of the full throttle. <laughs> Pl- Plato yeah. was like there are objects that exist outside of the realm of the physical world. They exist as forms. Like, there's, a chair is going to always be recognizable as a chair, which exists ethereally, not in, in practice. But once we see a chair in real life—now, this is his idea—then we will always recognize it as such. Um, and apparently all so objects—
1: funny, cause- It changed the nomenclature. When I was taught it, it was the platonic ideal, not platonic solid.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: So, I'm old.
0: I'm on the platonic... I'm off platonic solids right now. (laughs) I'm on a a pure Aristotelian liquid diet. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is
1: amorphous and nebulous. Nothing Uh, is solid.
0: That is what the lesson of today should be. Everything. So I didn't, I didn't yeah. know
1: that about Terrence Howard. So it's like, oh, yeah,
0: he is out there solving the universe instead of acting because you know what the physics needs right now. You know what the physics community needs—an actor to that <laughs> trick.
2: <laughs>
0: What's funny I mean, is
1: I've always known him as a Renaissance man, like figuratively, because of, you know he dabbles in music along with his acting. Mm-hmm. And to a certain degree, some activism. But he's, like, gone full renaissance. <laughs> he's forgotten yeah. the, the positive period. Like, let's just forget all the advancements of the last 300
0: years. I I think so. Chiroptera asks, does this have anything to do with tectonic plates? Yes, probably. <laughs> I'll actually, it has everything to do with the plates on my shelf right now, which I should put some uh, uh, SpaghettiOs on. spaghettios on <laughs> Uh <laughs> It's about that time, ladies and gentlemen. Gotta feed the beast. Uh, Will, what do you got going on? What are you what are you up to tonight?
1: Uh um cereal for dinner.
0: I had that last uh, night.
1: I'm, I may watch Moon Knight. I actually mm-hmm. don't even have an appetite. My mom just air fried some chicken and I Ooh. I'm at the point where I can't even take the smell of like it chicken? has to be breaded and seasoned, but, like, yeah. it was, like, the chicken, so I just smell the oil, and it's, oh, like, the right. uh, uh, dead dead critter oil, yeah, not, yeah. Not, not hitting my belly good, so I don't know if I'll eat anything. I got some Fair. ginger ale, um, yeah. but, yeah, I mean, I worked, I forgot, I had my first doctor's appointment with my new primary care physician, so I missed that appointment, and, and oh. kind of embarrassed to call <laughs> oh,
2: right. oops
1: so yeah yeah so today has been a bit of a bust a bit of well, a bust.
0: may you have a relaxing rest of the day and conquer tomorrow thank you and have a wonderful evening and and tomorrow and a, is a new day
1: i hope travels out east go smoothly and when you get there the best of all situations comes to pass man because thank you you know Family yeah. is what makes us who we are.
0: And- it's true. And you got to be with the people that you care about the most and, and appreciate the most. And that's why I was just so, not only am I hangry, but I was just so frustrated to have to deal with that phone call about the insurance. I was like, guys, come on. I got bigger fish to fry right now than your ineptitude. <laughs> like, yeah. please, please take this off my uh, my platonic plate um whatever <laughs> my tiktok like place los
1: angeles doesn't want to let you go quietly it's no like more nuisance on the way out
0: yeah. for now this is a problem i don't need to deal with right now uh quite literally in every aspect um so yes uh that is taken care of um uh, uh, I'm glad that, that that whole story came full circle during the during this show. So this is a good show. Yeah, that was a, a perfect cap. Uh, <laughs> was, full circle
1: too. Quick thing, because I yeah. wanted to bring it up earlier and I forgot. It, Moonlight related. Um, I find it uniquely disturbing because of how on those on the nose it is that Oscar Isaac has been. All right, so I was introduced to him in uh, the Coen Brothers movie, and that was the Odyssey, basically
0: inside, inside Lewin Davis.
1: Right, so so we've got this classical tale set in uh, the ancient world, adapted in a you know uh
0: So they did the Iliad and the Odyssey. I didn't know that. Yes. Ah.
1: yeah, So there was that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But the more on-the-nose disturbing thing for me is like, all right, so I knew after doing a little digging because I was like, man, he really sounds like David Krumholtz. Who is this guy? That was how I thought of Oscar Isaac when I first saw him. Oh, I like, you yeah, know what? I, still- just made,
0: I just made a new connection. F. Murray Abraham is in both of those. He's in Moon Knight and he's in Inside Lewin, Lewin Davis.
1: Yeah, he is. Good call.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But him. then
1: I found out, okay, Oscar Isaac he's from somewhere else and he's no connection with Krum Holtz at all it's just, he just has and one you know of voice.
0: you know what I say? F. Murray Abraham go ahead <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> but then I was like and, yeah, and he's also been in a very bad comic book movie
0: that also oh.
1: involves Egyptology
2: <laughs>
0: was he? was yeah. he in a mummy?
1: no it's oh, a comic book movie I can't believe you've forgotten this movie Phantom. no it's like a huge franchise it's like the most anticipated
0: do you remember what he was in Mm,
1: he had blue skin like half the characters but he wasn't an avatar character
0: oh yeah that movie was called um, uh, the astronaut from uh, mother
1: (laughs) are you thinking of uh, the one with Natalie Portman
0: the astronaut's wife?
1: No, yeah. no, I'm talking about X Men
0: Apocalypse. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oscar Isaac's was in that. Yeah, he did, he's yeah. gonna play multiple. I don't. How do you feel about these actors just doing multiple roles in these in the Marvel? You got Johnny Storm playing Captain America. You got him playing. You got Apocalypse no, they, playing Moon Knight. And he was Good also a
1: character a, in a uh, 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 Scott Pilgrim versus the World. So that was a comic book
0: too. Oh, that's true. So That's
1: three comic books. So at least three, I feel like there's one more that we're not thinking of. I
0: think Chris Evans is in like, I think he plays seven comic book roles. I think I saw something on it. It's like seven or yeah. he's got at least half a dozen comic book roles. Um, even when he played, it was like realistic was based on a graphic novel.
1: Yeah. Joe Magliono was. Yeah. Monte, Monte de Bello. He was,
0: I believe it's Monte uh, Bedello. Joey padello Monteped- P-
1: Is that his actual name?
0: <laughs> no, it's Joe Montelaglia. T- it's his name is Joey Tortellini. <laughs> I think they call him
1: <laughs> Joey Pan.
0: Joey but Pan, yeah, yeah, so he's
1: been a, he's been in a couple. Who there? There are at least two people who've been three different characters. Uh-huh. Uh, Evans is one. Yeah. Uh. Uh, t- 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 Michael B. Jordan has only been two I think but he's also been a Johnny Storm so mm-hmm. he's got that Uh, who's the other person who's been three different comic characters I know that Josh Levy has been in the Thor movies and Shazam mm-hmm. uh, and oh it, I think it's uh, Idris Elba
0: Idris Elba, yeah, he was he plays Hamdall,
1: and then he was a character in the second Ghost Rider movie,
0: and he was in uh, he's in a Pacific Rim. Yeah, is that a comic book? It feels like it should be.
1: Uh, I, it's Guillermo del Toro. I don't know if it was an yeah. original or not. I
0: thought that movie was um, great. So- Pacific Rim Two um, was totally carried by John Boyega and kind of yeah. weight, weighted down by Scott Eastwood if you if you watch that movie it's <laughs> very brief appearances. it's very <laughs> sad how much John Boyega just jumps out of the screen with charisma and then how much Scott Eastwood just drags across the screen like it's just very, sad. it's almost it's very sad yeah. because John Boyega's light is so bright, and and Scott Eastwood is very yeah. dim in that movie. I'm, look, look, I'm just making a criticism on how it came across because I, it was only watchable because of John Boyega's charisma, and I just felt bad like Scott Eastwood didn't even have an approach to his character. He was just I'm gonna be yeah. weird, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go I mean
1: he was what in like five minutes Of the movie even I wonder if they cut a lot of his Stuff out I mean he was about in that as much as he was In Suicide Squad Oh yeah Remember he was in Suicide
0: yeah. Squad He was one of the the guys Military guys yeah
1: I wish I could remember who the other Alright Ben Affleck has been Daredevil And he's been Batman Yeah uh... I'm not gonna think of who, who else has played Three Characters, but there's yeah. someone who's well, done three.
0: We'll save that for another day.
1: But, I mean, I don't um, mind if they do it well. I don't mind if they do it well. Yeah. They're, they're good at well, what they do.
0: Ultimately, I look at uh, actors as your ensemble. They can play multiple parts. Quentin Tarantino famously has actors play, mo- like in the Kill Bill series. Yeah. Actors are killed off and come back as different characters. And in, in, um, Django. The dude, I, I forget the actor's that, name. Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen Django? I just rewatched it the yeah. other day. It's good. Um, uh, yeah, I like it. the way it's you fine. die, boy. That's a good. That's a good scene. Uh, there's <laughs> my mom a. Loves that. What's what's that?
1: I said my mom loves that. She that was the quote she came away from the movie
0: with. That is a such a good moment because you're just like yeah, <laughs> so good. Uh, <laughs> it's such revenge. It's a revenge flick. But the actor who plays. Uh, Dexter's dad. He's in, like, he's also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think. But he plays Dexter's dad, that actor, in the first part of Django. He gets killed by Django in the first like ten minutes, and then later on he comes back as just a guy with a mustache. They just put a mustache on him. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's a different character, but I, I love that. I love that uh, the sheriff in Kill Bill Volume One is the is the quote Mexican in Kill Bill vol- vol- Volume Two. You're like, hmm. I mean, it's kind of I don't know if it's walking a weird uh, appropriation line that he's a white guy playing a very Spanish speaking right. um, almost Mexican. But he's he, yeah. he just you cannot recognize him. When I was watching yeah. that whole scene, I was like, I do not recognize this guy. Who is he? And then by the end of his monologue, I was like, Oh my god, that's the sheriff from the first movie. <laughs> they just
1: brought him back here. <laughs>
0: he's such sure. a good actor. He. They I did in
1: Grindhouse too, I think.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: and which one though? And one of the two, uh, the, the the original Grindhouse, Death Proof, and uh, what was the other one? That proof of mm. the car. What was the one with a uh, uh, Rose McGowan with the machine gun leg? What was that one called?
0: That was called. Uh, uh, that was called kicks, <laughs> uh, shoots, shoots, and kicks. Tricks, kicks, and ladders. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, wait, that was. That's called uh, grindhouse. No, wait, no, that was, that was called Phantom. Something, shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> each one
1: in it had a, a name within it and,
0: yeah, but anyway, I, I
1: want to say that they had people play multiple roles I know between the two they had they reuse actors but I want to say they also in that one specifically they had someone play multiple roles but yeah, I could I be do. wrong it's been a long time
0: that'll be a fun discussion for tomorrow uh, I'm going to wrap it up but Will thank you for being here and, thanks for having and- me and, uh, yeah, see, Jude 19 was, was in the chat today. Of course, as always, everybody, thank you for subscribing, liking the videos, sharing the videos, tweeting at me and doing all the stuff. And, you know, tweet at me some questions. What, ask me anything, you know, maybe some ideas for shows in the future, and we'll talk about those topics. I would love to hear about those things, just like, you know, multiple characters played by the same actor. Those are always fun. Thank you, guys. Uh, have a wonderful evening. I'm Aristotle. Full throttle, you bro with the fro, and maybe I'll go eat some tortellini now. Definitely not spaghettios. That's that's not <laughs> for me. All right. Good night, everybody.